Welcome to the podcast where you get your news and views of the sports world that we live in. And now here's your podcaster, Lige Weichers. Welcome to the Lige Weichers Show. So last week we talked about Monday Night Football coming to Detroit for the first time since 2018. And what happened last time in 2018 when the Jets came to town? Well, the Lions got shellacked. It wasn't even close. 48-17 to was the final score. This was the last time I had hope as a Lions fan. And what do you know, my dreams were crushed. So this week, it was time for some revenge. Not only on Monday Night Football, but coming off the big Ravens loss. The Lions got to play the Raiders. I was pretty confident this was going to be a drubbing, a domination, and man, the score was close, but the game wasn't. What an odd game to watch. Turnovers, Jared Goff throws a pick six, the red zone offense can't get going, we kick a bunch of field goals, and Riley Patterson misses a shorty? Shocker, Patterson not being great. But man, this was an odd game. I liked what I saw. This was what we call the Jameer Gibbs game. I'm not going to get into, oh, wow, look, Jameer Gibbs, totally worth the 12th pick now. No, no, no. I am not results-oriented. I am process-oriented. And, hey, I'm all for Jameer Gibbs. He showed some flashes of being a special player. That was the type of game you have to see for a running back to actually influence the game, winning and losing. There was some cuts. There was some moves in there that not everyone in the league can make. So that was good to see from Jameer Gibbs. Jamison Williams... He did have a catch. That was good because there was a couple he didn't catch, and that's proving to be an issue for him. I still like Jamison Williams. I'm in. People were calling for him to be traded at the trade deadline and other absurdities. I'm not on board with that. I like what I saw from Jamison Williams. I think the offense has room to improve, but the interior of the offensive line was all messed up. A new left guard, a new right guard, Glasgow moving to center. Hopefully after the bye week, we get Montgomery back, we get the offensive line healthy, and we can kind of get this offense rolling again that's been, they've been struggling to get it into second, third, and fourth gear. I think there's progress to be made, and I think it's coming soon. But unfortunately for the Raiders, or maybe should I say fortunately, the Raiders had seen enough from Josh McDaniels and company. They fired everyone. Late Tuesday night, what do you know? They decide to clean house. Mark Davis has seen enough. They bench Jimmy Garoppolo. They fire a bunch of coaches. And man, this was long overdue. Unfortunately for them, it wasn't before the trade deadline, which would have been the smart way to go about with it. So yes, the Lions did make the Raiders fire all their coaches. But hey, I'm not putting this just on the Lions. This was a lot of issues, including Josh McDaniels. Why do you hire Josh McDaniels? We knew how this was going to happen. It's kind of interesting when something goes exactly how you think it's going to go. And I'm just glad for the Raiders' sake that they cut bait, even though McDaniels has so many more years on his contract. Speaking of the trade deadline, though, we talked about last week where I expected maybe a small move at edge or corner for the Lions. And what do you know? I was right about the small move, but it was at wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones comes in from the Cleveland Browns, and Brett Holmes said he felt that they were one injury away from being in a bad spot in the wide receiver room, which... I tend to agree with Marvin Jones had to step away with personal issues and the wide receiver room isn't the best. You got Amon Ra, Josh Reynolds, Jameson, and Khalif Raymond. So adding Donovan Peoples-Jones, is it a kneel mover? Not at all. He can run fast and kind of catch a jump ball, but separation has always been an issue. So this is a nothing move. I didn't love giving up a sixth rounder for him, but it's a sixth rounder. Now, the interesting trades did happen with the Washington Commanders trading away first Montez Sweat for a second rounder to the Chicago Bears. My quick take on that is, man, what a bad deal for the Bears. I understand you're trying to go out and get the guy that you can pay. Number one, it's already been reported that he hasn't even 
agreed to a deal with the Bears? What are we doing here? Imagine paying a second and having him walk. That would be disaster. Now, I would expect the Bears to be able to get a deal done. But even still, the edge class is strong. You have a lot of money. Why not double dip? Why not use that top end second rounder, draft someone, and go sign a big edge rather than bring Montez Sweat in for a losing season where you're honestly trying to lose. And the best Montez Sweat can do this year is help you win. To me, it was an odd move. I liked it from a Lions perspective. For for the Bears, have they not learned about trading these high second round picks for players and Maybe it'll turn out better than Claypool. I'm not sure. But the other big move was Chase Young got traded for a third-round pick to the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is where people were getting upset. Not only was it a third-rounder, it was a compensatory pick. That means it was all the way at the end of the third round. So you have an end of the third-rounder for Chase Young and a beginning of the second-rounder for Montez Sweat. I saw some Lions fans. They were upset. They wanted Chase Young. And I would be lying if I said I wouldn't want him for a late third as well. But my general take on trading for big-name guys or signing big name free agents is generally it's overrated it's best not to put all your eggs into a basket of a guy that you're gonna have to resign to a big deal or paying big money so honestly i'm not too upset with if i like to see the lines make a splash at edge because their pass rushing help absolutely but i can't fault brad holmes for not going out and making a big play i think it may have been right just to hold to let the young guys continue to prove themselves in doing more off-season additions to help out with the team. Now, the Lions are on bye this week. The bye comes at a pretty good time. We talked about some of the injuries, getting healthy, and it kind of is nice to have a bye close to the middle of the season. So, since we don't have a game to talk about for them next week, I saw this interesting stat, and I, I want to do some research, and Brad Holmes has been around for three years. He's He's drafted 23 players in the last three drafts, and wow, would you look at that? All 23 players are still on the roster. Only one, Jamar Jefferson, is on the practice squad. All 22 others are either on the active roster or injured in on IR or some version of that. I thought this was really interesting. Man, Brad Holmes can draft. Now, it's a little bit of a question of, is he just holding on to these guys because he drafted them? Or are they actually the best players and the best option for the team? I personally think it's a little bit of both. Holmes knows how to pick guys, especially the later round guys who can contribute, at least with special teams. But also, he is a little bit stubborn. We know that Holmes and Campbell love to get their culture guys in their fits, and they don't cut bait with them super easily. But I just thought that was interesting to be 23-23 so far with guys that you draft being on your roster. But that's enough Lions talk for this week. We'll talk more about them next week because there's a big game against the Chargers coming up. But that's all we got for now. And I do need to address something that happened last week. It was another week of my number one power-ranked team losing. That's right. First, I said the 49ers were the best team in the league, and they lost. And the Lions, I said they were the best team in the league, and they lost. And I, I said the Chiefs were the best team in the league, and they lost to the Broncos. So it seems like a lot of power I have. The team I proclaimed to be the best in the league turns out to be the worst. So I, it looks like this week uh, the Eagles are the best in the league. That's what people are saying, at least. But no, I, I would stick with the Chiefs. A, a bad game against the Broncos isn't going to dissuade me. And speaking of the Chiefs, they have a, a huge game this week uh, against the Miami Dolphins in Germany. And the Dolphins, of course, uh, I'm a known hater. I, I don't think the Dolphins are as good as people think they are. So I'm going with the Chiefs. Only two-point favorites in Germany. I think this is a great bounce-back spot. And the Dolphins struggle with good teams, especially good defenses. And the Chiefs have had a pretty good defense. So I'm taking the Chiefs. And just a little spoiler, Elijah's lock won last week. We took the 
Minnesota Vikings minus one and they cover to get back to three and four and to get back to 500. I am locking in the Chiefs at minus two. I'm that confident. There's really three big games this week and this is one of them and I'm the most confident in this one. I got the Chiefs rolling. Mahomes in Germany It's going to be a match made in heaven. Now the second big game of the week, we got Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Now I care about this game. This is an NFC matchup. The The Lions have a, a path to the number one seed, not because necessarily they're the best team in the NFC, because that schedule is easy. And man, the Eagles face a gauntlet. And this is going to tell us a lot. I do think the Eagles win, but I'm interested to see the in-division matchup, how the, the Cowboys and the Eagles match up against each other. To me, both teams are a little bit overrated, but I do think the Eagles are going to edge it out. And finally, we got Sunday night, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, an AFC matchup that could have some seeding implications. And the Bengals, are, are they back? Is Joe Burrow back? He's finally looking good and healthy. And I think conventional wisdom would say, take the Bengals. They're looking good. But I'm sticking with the Bills. I like the Bills. I think they're they're growing. They're showing a little bit better. Did they almost blow it last week against the Bucks? Sure, they did. Could have Godwin caught the Hail Mary? Absolutely. But I think the Bills are figuring some stuff out. They're getting there. Josh Allen looks to be good to go. Full participant practice. So I'm taking the Bills to get a little upset over the Bengals. Quickly to touch on the Colts, it was kind of a rough week last week. Losing to the Saints and probably the, I'd say by far, the worst uh, defensive performance of the year. It didn't look good. There was a lot of injuries for the Colts. Gardner Minshew was doing Gardner Minshew things. And man, it was bad in one sense, good on the other. A loss is a loss. Good for draft position. But you don't like to get more or less embarrassed by the Saints. But to me, this week is a big week. They play the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young's coming to town against what should have been Anthony Richardson. But, hey, well, it'll have to be Gardner Minshew. But this will really show us what kind of tank the Colts are in for. Will Gardner Minshew be able to to beat the Panthers? Obviously a game I think he, they should win. But will they? The Panthers looked a little bit better last week. And Bryce Young, hopefully, I and I think will, continue to grow. I mean, it's hard to be as bad as he's been the first couple weeks for a career. But, I think he's on on the upswing. I think the Panthers are going to win a couple games, maybe spoil the Bears' pick, but to me, the Colts are going to win this game, right? There's got to be a little pride on the team, a little bounce back, a little little grit for the team. I think the coaching does get it done, and Frank Reich's revenge game against the Colts isn't going to go so well, and the Colts will end up winning. More news around the league. We've got Kirk Cousins. What an unfortunate injury for Kirk. The NFC North takes another hit. A torn Achilles. That's right. Kirk Cousins starting to play some honestly great ball this year. And man, he goes down going into a contract year. I, I didn't like to see it. As much as I'm a NFC North hater, I want everyone to lose except for the Lions. I didn't like to see that for the Vikings. They were coming on strong and now the NFC North is one of the worst divisions in the league. I mean, the Bears stink. The Packers stink. And Will Josh Jobs be able to save the Viking seasons? I don't see it. This this clears the pass for the Lions of having bigger goals of winning all their division games. And then, really, I see two tough games on the schedule left. It's at the Chargers and, and the Dallas game at the end of the year. To me, the playoffs need to run through Detroit to win the Super Bowl. I think they can do it. they got to take care of business against the Chargers, but I keep getting in my head myself. Earlier I said that was enough of the Lions, and here I am talking about the Lions again. I apologize. I don't think it's hype. I think it's good football teams winning games. That's what we're talking about here, and that's what I see more of in the future. Before I leave, I do have to touch on the Michigan situation. This might have to turn into a weekly segment where we update you on the Michigan information, the investigation. Supposedly, there was a meeting of a bunch of Big Ten coaches who that was emotional and intense, calling for some sort of harsh discipline straight away. 
that sounds desperate to me. You don't even want the investigation to complete itself. You just want punishment to be right now. Hmm, interesting. I'll keep an eye on this, but what are they going to do? Suspend Harbaugh at worst? I'm not sure. I'll, all I'll say about it is I wouldn't want to be Purdue this week. I think Michigan players are a little bit disrespected, thinking that they're not actually good. They're just good because they know the plays. I think there's there's going to be a chip on the shoulder. I think Harbaugh's going to get the boys moving in the right direction, and they're going to kill Purdue. And then I wouldn't want to be Penn State, Maryland, or Ohio State the next three weeks. That's all I'll say. I, I think all of college football's got another thing coming as Michigan continues their run to the national championship. That's all we got for this week. I appreciate you listening. Follow us on Instagram, at The Light Watcher Show. Give us a rating and review, five stars on Apple Podcasts. We're still trying to crack 10 listeners. Hopefully we can do it this week, but I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk next week.